This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Take your seats, please. And if you have your Bible with you, please turn the book. Oh, I'm supposed to wait till they finish. They finally, I finally did it. They finally did it. If you would like to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 12. Von dem Deutsch reden können ist und Kapitel 12. That's the language you'll speak in heaven. Deutsch. All right. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod, Herod had a, the Herod dynasty had several King Herods. The one that Jesus, when he was born, was one, the Herod the Great. The Tetrarch came afterwards, and this Agrippa came either just after that one or one after that. But he was uh, called Herod the Agrippa and arrested some belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, Apostle James, put to death with the sword. When he saw this that pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Sixteen soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Herod had a lot of expectancy that something was going to happen. That's why he had him put into prison with 16 soldiers. I wish sometimes we as Christians would have a little more expectancy when we pray. This unbeliever had more faith than a lot of Christians did. He was expecting something to happen. Verse 5 says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. I'm ever so grateful when people pray for me, and I think Peter would have been very grateful if he was in prison, knowing the church is praying for him. I'm not sure what it means to pray earnestly. I thought all prayers should be earnest. But obviously they weren't praying something correctly. There wasn't an expectancy in them. Because when Peter finally gets released, he knocks on the door. And in a hurry, our little messenger opens the hatch to see who it is late at night while the church is praying. Runs back and getting to open the door and tells them who are praying earnestly, it is Peter, he's here, and they say it can't be him. What's with that? You're praying for it and you're shocked if God answers your prayer. Then verse 6, which changed my life. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. Now I tried to visualize this scene. It's the Passover. Herod has killed James ran a sword through him, pretty nasty. And yet, the Jews were all excited, so he seized Peter, but he couldn't do much with Peter because it was the Passover. So he had to wait for the Passover to pass. And then he was going to have a trial and execute Peter and be more popular. And so Peter's in jail, in prison, and he's got 16 soldiers guarding him, and the church is praying and doing warfare, and Peter is sleeping the night before his trial. Puzzled me because I study 
the life of the Lord Jesus, his ministry, and the people around him and what, how they saw him. And Peter was one of the twelve and certainly one of the two most high-profile disciples. And he was always trying to gain the attention and affection and approval of Jesus, where John was so convinced that he was approved of. He writes, John, John writes in his book, John, five times, the one who Jesus loved. He's the only one that says that, but he was fully persuaded that he was special. Peter didn't believe that at all. He was trying very hard to try and win the approval of Jesus. For example, when he walked on the water, nobody else in that boat thought it was a good idea to leave a perfectly good floating boat. In fact, most Christians in their right mind only want to walk on the water when the boat sinks. You don't try and walk on the water when everything's fine. That's ridiculous. And if he was any bit of a smart Christian, you would have at least, because he asked the Lord Jesus... If that's you, tell me to come. And he gets a prophetic word, come. That's the whole word. If he was smart, you would have asked for confirmation. If he was really spiritual, you would have asked, Lord, I'm putting out a fleece. If I feel one leg when I get out of the boat, I'll know it's you. Otherwise, I'll be a little concerned. But if he was really a spiritual leader and regarded his church government, he would have said, well, what do you guys feel about me walking in the water? And you've got 12 people in that boat and 11 others. And you've got Judas, the bookkeeper. Peter, we don't have the money. Should you drown, we can't replace you. Find your body. It's just, it's a bad, not the time. Then you had James and John, sons of thunder. What are your short-term and long-term goals walking on the water? Are you wanting to start a walking in the water ministry? And of course, then there's a, our favorite Judas. What if it's not the Lord? Or maybe it's the Lord, but is it God's timing? There's always someone that's going to be a naysayer. But Peter wasn't debatable. He just got out of the boat and walked in the water. He didn't think. He just walked. When he did think, he began to sink. Thinking will make you sink. And then he did a lot of other strange things that I couldn't understand. Looking at his life, Jesus tells him that tonight you will deny me. Now, if the Lord told me I was going to deny him tonight, I would say something. I was, I'm going to that bathroom, and I'm getting some masking tape, and I'm covering my mouth, and I'm waiting for that sunshine. It ain't happening, baby. I'm going to check it out. But not Peter. He goes straight into it. It's like, what is wrong with you, boy? Are you brain damaged? Why would you make that same mistake when Jesus warned you about that? And he, this is the same impetuous. He told the woman of the fire, I told you I don't know him. And here he is in jail sleeping and he's chained to these italian soldiers everyone knows italians snore it's fact hairy nasty italians chained snoring you know what they eat of course all that garlic so how do you sleep between these two men and if you're chained i, I mean i have to turn when i sleep i have to hey luigi wake up uh, mario and I have, to, I have to turn. I can't lace. I can't imagine how. This is your last night. Surely, surely, Peter, you'd be singing a hymn or witnessing or something. I mean, singing nearer my God, I'm coming home or something that would make a little sense to me. It did not make sense that he could be asleep when the whole church is taking it seriously and praying for him. 
what in the world happened that Peter would be so calm when he was always so impulsive and impetuous, always being different, always excitable, full of anxiety. It's only 10 years after Jesus leaves. So how's he so confident and the whole church is not? Surely if the church is praying, the least you can do is pray too. He's sleeping because he knew something they didn't know. Would you like to know what he knew? I'll show it to you. In John 21, verse 18, Jesus prophesies over him. After asking three times, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He says, then he prophesies. He says, I tell you the truth. Whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's not because he lies sometimes. It's because what's coming out is more than fact. The facts are, nobody can walk on water. That's fact. Truth is, Peter did. Facts are you have symptoms of sickness. Truth is, you already healed. Facts are you have financial pressure, but the truth is, He will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. Facts are you have unsaved loved ones. The truth is, if any man be saved, his whole household will be saved. So, what are you going to believe, the facts or the truth? You've got to know the truth because that's what sets you free. You've got to know it. If you don't know it, it's, you're going to be not armed. We need the truth in us. Don't get too excited now. Take it down a notch, guys. I thank you so much. All right, now, listen. <laughs> so Peter knew something. In John 21, verse 18, Jesus said, tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself. Yeah. And you went where you wanted to go. That's true. But when you are old, someone else will lead you where you do not want to go and dress you. Now, well, he hadn't gotten old enough that he couldn't dress himself and take himself where he wanted to go. What a strange prophecy. The strangest thing, and I want to tell you, we're not led by prophecy. Never, ever can you lead, let your life be led by prophecy. This is true. But we must also know the other side, that it's the only gift we're told not to despise. It's the only gift we're told to desire and covet above all the other gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, desire. Spiritual gift, especially that you may prophesy. The prophecy has a relevance and a place in our lives. It doesn't lead us. It helps us. It's helped to strengthen us. It's God's plan. And got to put in the right perspective. The biggest challenge we have with prophecy is not the prophesying, but the people receiving it. They have not a strong enough relationship with God or know enough in the Word that easily every little thing has led them astray. And I tell you, if you want to be a healthy Christian, you have to be part of a good healthy church and don't come there once a month that's not good enough and i'm not saying it because someone wants me to say it i'm telling you the truth if you want to be a healthy christian you must really be locked in and participating in every way possible in your church and if you're not then you will become anemic you may be a christian but you'll begin to leak you'll have things where it'll come out of you that shouldn't be coming out of you and you'll have all kinds of things happen in your life and that your church life is the way god institute jesus started the church he birthed the church it's his church if you don't like it you have to change his plan good luck with that one he's the boss now stay, with me. now stay with me. Once you're in the local church and you've got to know the word of God, then the prophecy won't make you fall this side and fall that side. You get grow up and, and not be a baby in every little prophecy that comes your way. You, prophecy you apply, use, can make full benefit of it, but you don't let it run your life. If you're a prophecy junkie going from one prophecy to another, you'll get ill. You'll get totally unbalanced. You've got to keep a healthy 
church balance and know God's word. There's nothing. Prophecies, the Bible's completely prophecy, just established. What makes the Bible more real than someone prophesying to you is that it's been tested and tested and tested, as should prophecy. The Bible says you need to not despise prophesying, but test all things holding fast that which is good. That scripture applies to prophesying. When someone prophesies of you, test whether it's right or correct and you're not led by it. By two or three shall a thing be established. There's certain principles you can get. I've got lots of books and lots of material. You can visit our website, propheticlife.com, and you can download Get any of that equipment and stuff you'd like. I write daily devotionals too. You can sign up for that. It's totally free. Not a single cent. That's unusual for a Jew to give free. Anyway. <laughs> Jews, you know, God had to make Gentiles. Somebody had to pay retail. It's true. So, understand prophecy is a very important part of your life. It's biblical. You can't take it away. It's in the word of God. It's very, very real. Now, he gets a prophecy that he's going to be old. Now, when he gets the prophecy, Peter's not overly excited about it. In fact, what he says, uh, what about John? And, and so often you get a prophetic word and it makes no sense or you can't relate to it. And he's, he's equipping you for a little later. He's getting you the equipment for what that battle that's coming your way. That's why I'm not so always crazy about prophesying, getting a prophecy, because it usually... Is getting me ready for something that I don't really want to go through. The whole armor of God is defensive. The only attack weapon you have is the sword, which is the word of God. So when you get a prophetic word, God's arming you ready for a fight. You might not like it, but that's God's way. So what about John over there? What's it to you if I keep John till I come? You follow me. In other words, you, me, and follow. Don't worry about John. Funny thing is that they misheard that prophecy and a story began that John was not going to die. But it's not what Jesus said. He said, what's it to you? You can so often get your prophetic word wrong because you heard what you wanted to hear and what suited your little flesh. That's why you get the recording and make sure you hear it right. And we don't do parking lot prophecies. We don't grab someone in the, out there in the parking lot and say, I've got a word of God for you. That's not the way the God operates. There has to be order and godliness and the right boundaries. That's the way the Lord functions. Don't get too excited. I can't stand the excitement in this area. It's awful. Okay, so Understand, understand that First Timothy 1.18 says, My son Timothy, I charge you in accordance with the prophecies that by them you fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? That means you get a prophetic word and it hasn't happened yet. If you get a prophecy, it's not just going to tickle your little ears. It may be something you just don't want to hear. I have so many testimonies of people who said they couldn't relate to what I said at all. And some years later, it happened just like... And I, I don't get excited about that. I'm not trying to prove who I am. After 36 years, you know, my life is pretty strange. I was a pastor before. I was in the prophetic ministry. I didn't want the prophetic ministry. I had a, I had a very dramatic encounter. Uh, the Lord called me to prophetic, and I said, you got the wrong person because I'm too comical, first of all. I've had people cast out frivolous spirits out of me. I used to cough so I can go. And then it came back seven times stronger. <laughs> so I have the sense of humor. And so I got the wrong person. And I had a wife and two children at the time. And I said, Lord, I can't start. A and he didn't ask me just to prophesy. He asked me to raise up prophets in the early 80s. And I said, I don't even know what that is, except they're always in trouble. 
and, and they're always getting put into jail and fed sparingly bread and water. And you know that's not me, God. I don't do that bread and water thing. I'm not the, I fast every night from 11 till 7. That's enough for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I told him I, I, I couldn't do it. And then I had this clever idea. You know, Lord, I've got a wife and children. I've got responsibility. Was I just single, I would have, I would have taken this and lived by faith and do everything you asked me to do. I, I can't do it otherwise. And so I forgot I'd made that suggestion to the Lord and some months went by and gone the way to church one Monday morning with my wife and one of my children three year old then now it's almost 40 years old I was crossing a railway line on the way to church and the vehicle died on the track and I could do everything I could do to get that train that thing off the train track it would not move and uh, I tried to push and the railway line was too protruding. No one came to help and the train was coming, would you believe or not? A whole load of coal. I waved him down. He did not stop, not for anything. And we ran away from that vehicle and it hit that vehicle, knocked it off the track. And this voice said to me, you're so responsible. You almost killed him. Give him to me. I'll take better care of them. And since that day to this, that's what I'm too scared not to. I've traveled the world and done exactly what I'm doing now, prophetically, training, teaching. I do a lot of meetings uh, around the world and train people in the prophets. And I have a very strong determination to bring a healthy balance to the prophetic message. And, and I tell you, people, if they bring glory to themselves and they appetize themselves and they're not lifting up the Lord, you're already in a bad place with me. Because if you're not part of a local church, I'm not interested in you at all either. And so I'm looking for healthy, New Testament-type prophetic. The fivefold ministry has the same job. All of them, the pastor, the teacher, the apostle, they all have the same job according to Ephesians 4, and that's to equip the saints. If you think a prophet has to look like the Old Testament, there is nothing the same from the old to the new except the name. The Old Testament prophet, in fact, Jesus said the law and the prophets prophesy until John. That means he began a whole new order, which means he's the cornerstone. He's the fivefold ministry. Jesus is in one. And then the Testament prophet is to equip saints. Well, how does he or she do that? And I said, she, please notice that too. I believe women are God's secret weapon. I want you to understand that if we have four Gospels, and because of the Jewish culture, they didn't talk about the woman. Luke, who was not one of them, he came from Greece. He was a doctor. And he became a Jew, then a Christian, a proselyte. He's the only one that writes about them. Luke 8, about these women, Mary Magdala. She was a wealthy woman. She was older than Jesus. Cast seven devils out of her, and he supported the ministry. But what you don't know, historically, she was very apostolic and started churches and helped churches. Not to mention Joanna, who was the wife of the rich Herod's household and supported. Women were key throughout the New Testament church. And often we, get, we stumble, don't do it, don't do it. I mean, we need every worker and helper we can get. Are you hearing me? So, I don't know why I'm saying someone needs to hear that today. All right, getting back to the prophetic. Prophetic has a job to do is to equip the saints. And how you do that is establishing God's purpose and plan, which is to build his church. I will build my church. So everything you do is to build God's kingdom, not your ministry. If you have an ambition or if you're a career prophet, you also don't have my excited support. I'm looking for those that lift the Lord up because you will pass away, but his kingdom will continue. 
You're only here a short time, so if you don't do something that's going to last, you're wasting time. We have work to do, and the New Testament prophets must build God's kingdom, right? And when you go into a church to help in any way, you help build that church, not your ministry. Don't attract attention to yourself. If you prophetically, you bring all the attention and the help and the kingdom and to the Lord Jesus and glory to him. Jesus said, Jesus said, not me, Jesus said in John 16, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. That's what he said. But he, when the spirit of truth comes, will lead you into all truth. He will take what is mine, make it known to you. He'll bring glory to me. Jesus said the college would always bring glory to him. If you bring glory and attention to yourself, there's a prophet I saw on TV here in this nation that I don't know where he comes from, but he's predicting all kinds of things, and he's always telling you how great he is in his name, and I thought, that must, that's not, I know the Holy Ghost, but that's not the Holy Ghost speaking through him. And I, I just, Jesus said, you know them by their fruit. And I don't have to judge him, I just judge his fruit. So thank you very much. And, and I'm not building the kingdom, not lifting up the Lord Jesus, building up his name. I'm, this is my name, he says, and he tells him his ministry. It's really nerve-wracking to me because I'm concerned. I want God's kingdom to advance and people to get saved and people to get turned on to God and refreshed in the Lord. That's the purpose of the prophetic. In fact, in Acts 15, verse 32, it says that Judas and Silas, themselves being prophets, were able to strengthen and encourage the brethren with many words. It's their job to strengthen the church, not be the famous career-minded minister. And the way the prophets equip the saints is to encourage, strengthen, place them correctly in the church, help get them in the right direction to be functioning and fruitful in God's kingdom and set a good example of what it really looks like to be prophetic. Are you listening to me? Not weird, shaking, shivering, acting all kind of strange, lose that nonsense. Let's be more like Jesus. Keep it real. Keep it simple. Keep your feet on the ground is what I'm saying. All right. Talking of which, a bit of you guys are saying, we should quit talking. Just get some prophecy going. Give me some lights in the hall, please. Thank you. Let me give me some lights. Lights. It's coming. Let there be light. And there it is. Thank you, Jesus. Get nervous. Get nervous. Go ahead. Or say, pick me, pick me. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a lady that I'm looking at straight ahead of me with a reddish, flowerish, long blonde hair, shirt, true dress. Yeah, stand up quickly. There's a fellow next to you on that side, one behind you, ma'am. That's that one by the flowers. One next to you, the gray shirt. What's there? Are you family, friends, what? Friends. Pardon? You married? Did you know that, ma'am? <laughs> Just checking. So what is your name, sir? The microphone's not working very well. On is usually good. On? On? No? Tell me your name for the recording, please. Quibus and Nadia Afrikaans. Moet niet slecht voelen, is ook een recht man. Is mooi taal daar, nee. So, Quibus, are you your children? Not yet. Not yet. How long are you married? Uh, just over two years. Two years and no children. We're from Texas and we only need nine months. <laughs> just saying. And the Bible does say faith without works is dead, Quibus. Hmm. <laughs> So, what do you do, Corpus, for a living? You join staff where? Someone finally works there? Hallelujah! Good. And the lady next to you, what's your name again? What's for the microphone? Come back in here. 
Jylle ons moet bykie bakker word met die goed is man. Kom nou, jylle moet nie van die eerste keer jylle met die goed werkie. So, jy kan, I can't lip read, I'm sorry. Help him, help, help, I want to hear what's going on. I can't identify what I'm getting from the Lord without... Wasting time now. Okay, so just tell me, what does she do? What's her name? Some... Nadia. And uh, are, you, are you also part of the church, Nadia? You also work in the church, do you? Because there's an anointing on your life, and you've had to leave behind you. You had so many options in your life, but you made a very clear choice. This is the word I have for you, because you have a very clear choice and put the Lord first and left other good adventures or ventures or possibilities behind but gave it up so that you can do whatever God wants, God's going to reward you for it. Not everybody in your family is going to be excited about it, but the Lord is very thrilled with your heart because you're a real worker and faithful. The thing is, you're a little bit in a hurry. You want things to move faster, and God is just not in a hurry. Revelation says, Behold, I come quickly. And that was 2,000 years ago. It's like, what time is the Lord working on? But nevertheless, He does move suddenly. So what I'm asking you to do is please be comfortable in God's timing and don't get ahead. Just go one step at a time. God will help you. You have a wonderful heart of ministry to help people, love people. You're never going to have everyone like you. Not even God is that cool. Not everyone likes God, let me tell you. A lot of people just don't like him and he's perfect. So just don't take it personally. God's got your back. I do see another home that God has planned you to be in. He's, he's supplying you exactly what you need. Uh, he's going to regraft you and got you. Got you. Kubis, um, do you work in the church? church full-time too, you say? Can I go now? Yes. No work, yo, man. Kijk nou net daar. We recently started a new campus in Durbanville, so me and my wife were the campus boss. Durbanville. Durbanville. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, you're an interesting man. You've got a lot of vision, and what I do like about you is you're very resolute. You're going to make your mind, and you keep going. You, haven't, you, you act patiently, but sometimes inside there's a fire burning in you because people don't always want to respond quickly or quick enough or, or do it exactly the way you say. You're a bit of a perfectionist. I don't know if you know that. I think it has to be exactly right. And, and God is far more tolerant and lenient with his people than you could possibly imagine. So you're going to have to learn that. And uh, the, you're going to build fast, but there will be adjustments again, and it'll come down and go up again. But it's all part of the natural way of things, and you will build God's purposes. No question. They've been waiting for a long time in that area for something to happen, and it's been brewing, and you're going to be right on time to do the plan of God. Uh, having a baby will not interfere with the plans of God. Just saying. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So, in the second row behind the Quibus, Quibus, Nikki van Nitz, behind Nikki, there's a tiny bit of bond. Yeah, what's your name? Yes. I hope that one works too. Please, Lord, let it work. Uh, my name yeah. is Jackie from Joy Magazine from, and from, Joy Travel. From Joy Magazine? Yes, you prophesied to me when oh, I was now 15 years old. I'm supposed to remember you? <laughs> is this your husband? Yes. Legally? Yes. What is your name, sir? Um, I'm Harvey DeLange. Harvey. Harvey is by Harvey. What do you do, Harvey? Uh, I'm the general manager at Joy Magazine. Okay. So you to blame for all the mishaps. Okay. <laughs> I say so. 
Okay, you're going to a whole new level, Harvey. God's taking you both to a high Ma'am, you've got a powerful leadership skill. You don't underestimate your skills. You, you try hard to fit it in, but you, you step on toes because you want things a little faster and you're more accurate with your... You are far more on target than you think you are. It's just the style and the way that you must deal with things. You can be a little bit more uh, finesse, a little more politically, you know, correct, because you get too in a hurry and, and harsh, but you are right on target. You're not wrong in thinking what you're thinking. You want to move forward and it's just lethargic for you, slow for you, but God has anointed you going overseas very soon. There's something very important that you have to connect with that's going to take this whole thing into another, another new level. It's, it's plateaued. It's not gone where it's supposed to go enough yet. It's, too, it's just not moving high enough, and God wants to take it to a bigger, he wants to broaden your horizon more than just even this, this nation. He wants to make it bigger than that. He says he's got all kinds of plans, even electronic uh, magazines. So that's enough for you to tell. You have children? Yes, we've got two. You've got two children. That doesn't fill the earth. God told you to fill the earth. Just saying. <laughs> Just that you know. You've got very interesting children. They're like opposites. They're not even close to the same. You wonder if they came from the same family. They look so different. They act so different. But God did it for a reason. One's got a lot of fire and one's got a different personality. Seems to be with, not withdrawn but much quieter. And, and they, they conflict in a strange way. But you'll see that the blessing of God is in, in both of them in different ways. Got it? Yes? You're too excited. I have one minute left for the gentleman with the gray, one, two, three, four, five, five rows back, gray shirt, glasses. Yes, stand quickly, quickly. And then next to you is who? Do you know who's sitting next to you? I'm one of my name is Hope. Mushle. Mushle, cool. Can it? What's your name, sir, again? Hope. 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 Okay. And you're married? Almost. <laughs> Engaged. <laughs> oh, are you blushing? I can't tell. So, when's the, when's the wedding? Uh, we haven't set a date yet. Pardon? Oh, you haven't set a date. The Lord's coming back. Did you know that? <laughs> you better hurry up and get a date. Come on now. So, Hope, I, like, I love your spirit. You've made good choices. You put God first. You lost friends because you put God first, and you didn't. You lost out in so many things that seems like fun, but it's all going to end badly for them that chose those things, not for you. I see God stepping you up, and I see there's a lot of promotion waiting for you. Not finished education. I see some more studies, and qualify. you're going to qualify, and you're going to you're going to have successes. Don't let it, don't let the relationship or the marriage think it's going to slow it down. You're going to you're going to make it, but you're very faithful, got a pure heart. You have someone praying for you all the time. Hope you are here today because someone prays and prays and prays. You can't escape God because God's got you covered by someone that prays for you often. What well, thank God for that for a praying families. All I can say. And then as for you, young lady, what do you do? I'm still a student. I'm yeah, what? studying hospitality. I'm studying what? Student. Hospitality. Hospitality. You've got a wonderful heart. You've got music on the inside of you. And you, when you sing to the Lord, He loves the way you sing. Even in your shower, He loves the way you sing to Him. He enjoys the song that's so bright from your heart because you have a beautiful, very natural spirit and God loves you for that. You've been praying for someone in your family for quite a while. It's been a real issue for you. Heavy. Nobody knows. It's been it's like a secret of your heart because you're really troubled. God's got you. God has promised you today He's going to, they will not be lost. They will get saved. That's enough. I'm really in minus 40 seconds. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. 
If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.